salary the number one requirement people are talking about, or is it a broader For the younger generation, it is. Is it? Yeah. Right. For the younger generation, salary is a big deal. Yeah. And there's no problem in sharing it, neither. Whereas me and you, we might not really discuss it. How important is culture from HR perspective? And it's the most important thing. Okay, why do you say that? Because... Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are joined by the usual John Vanoom and Neil Wells. We're also joined by a very special guest, Sally Evans, who's the director of people here at Spectrum Group. We talked about lots of things people related. So we talked about why recruitment and retention at this point in time is the most difficult that any of us can ever remember. We talked about quiet quitting and why people actually quit in their head, sometimes a long time before they actually quit in real life. And we talked about difficult conversations. And whilst they can't be avoided in the world of business and the world of people, actually, what can you do to prepare yourselves to make them as easy and as effective for the business and for the people as possible? So if you like what you're hearing and what you're watching, then please, as usual, like, subscribe and share. And with all that said, welcome to Tomorrow's Workplace today. Welcome to Sally Evans. Uh, Sally, do you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do at Spectrum, yes, if that's all right? Yes, I can do. Thank you for having me. And Pleasure. Me. Um, and my new title is um, Director of People. Wow. That sounds very flash. I was the um, Head of People and Operations. And I you got promoted. That bit, yeah. And then wanted to focus primarily on people. Primarily on people. Um, so, yeah, I, I look to recruit. Um, I look to keep a steady ship I like to keep everybody happy engaged um lots of happy campers I deal with a lot of problems a lot of people related problems day to day um every day is different so it was um a bit of a leap of faith for me coming into this type of role because I was from an audit background everything was very black and white Mm. um so yeah I'm not the most politically correct HR person that you'll ever come (laughs) or, or me but um I do throw the odd grenade, um, keep it very colourful, yep. lively, um, but it works. It does work. And it you, seems to work. You're part director of people, part agony aunt, yes. I always think, for the business. Is yeah, that... and the first ever sort of representative of people on the board, mm. directors, which was a big a big thing. Um, and it's, it's great for me to, you know, people have a profit and mm. people for this. And just to um, invest... A little bit more around training progression. I think with like the health scheme things yeah. that we're doing, a That's lot of good. incentives. Um, just constantly looking at ways to improve and invest in people. It's been a bit it's a challenging start to your kind of career, isn't it? Because yeah. we've had a pandemic, mm. yeah, and then now we're at the outside of the pandemic and like getting re- recruiting. Yeah, it must be. That yeah. must be you said that a bit earlier. Yeah, that I, must be I really came difficult. in. I think I did um, what just shot of a year and then we were full blown thrown into a pandemic while I was doing like a HR qualification as well. Um, so I was working, I was thinking I was working a lot of, a lot of days, mm. um, but constantly in touch with people. Um, so it wasn't an ideal way to start. So I learned, <laughs> I learned the hard way. Good. So talk about recruitment actually. So, cause it's, it's tough at the minute, isn't it? Recruiting, yeah. I know personally. Um, so I guess talk to us a little bit about your experience of, of recruitment in general, but what what we're doing a spectrum to try and recruit and then also actually retain talent once you've got them through the door as well. I think a lot of what we do is unknown and people aren't really sure 
about us, or us as a business, or us as what we do. Mm-hmm. And people don't fall in love with us until they come in and see us and yeah. meet us. Um, so that's shifted. But I think through the pandemic, again, the market's changed so much now for recruitment. And it is an employee's market. They can pretty much dictate salaries, benefits, what they want, where they want to be. And it's shifted. The power is very much in their hands. Mm. So we're constantly looking, even sometimes when we don't have a vacancy, we're looking for talent and new talent um, coming through all the time. So we've, I put in my board report, I think last month, that we've cast our net wider um, through different routes, like Hull University, um, through the colleges, careers offices, even with the schools. Because I think even with the the campus where we were restricted to getting into schools um, and telling people about us, it was very, very difficult. So instead of just working with recruitment companies or going off our own word of mouth, I've tried to look at different pots, um, mm. like Rondeering and different projects, Humber Internship Programme, things like that, just to let people know who we are. So a lot of them are getting young talent into the business and then yep. kind of developing developing our own, is that Yeah, fair? I think that is fair. I think we're constantly looking for new talent coming through not not to replace but to grow Mm. um and that's really really difficult but the mixed bag of generations that we've got right across the workforce at the minute in each and every department we've got um we've got the more mature Mm -hmm. generation thank you just in case Um, and then we go right sort of right across to the the younger and i think the that's such a healthy mix a real healthy mix um with the generation um Generation X, is that what I am? Am I I, I lose track of it. I, I no, should know Gen probably. Z. But yeah. Uh, um, Which one are we, Neil? You'll know. We're millennials. You're right. millennials, yeah. So <coughs> I'm the Generation X. Right. You are as well. Hi. Right. It's all right. Thank you. <laughs> it's all right. Come into that category. Yeah. Your baby so we're, we're the ones that are trying to find that happy home work life balance. We've never actually found it. I was going to say, we're still searching, aren't we? <laughs> We've never actually found it, but we're still looking. Yeah, um, but good. But we also had the the best of the growing up in the 90s, going out, clubbing, pubbing, yeah. the social interaction. You could go missing for three days with no mobile phone <laughs> and you'd think yeah. it was fine. Yeah. Whereas now, it's a different generation and mm. a lot of it is less people, more technology. Um, levels of communication are different as well. That's expectations then. are different so yeah explore that a little bit more then so what what is what is the new generation about what are the key characteristics of the new generation do we think i think the new generation there is a a bit of a sense of expectation mm-hmm. um a lot of it is communication through a phone mm-hmm. instead of to a person um sometimes people forget how to hold a conversation yeah. um which can be difficult and even though confidence levels are oozing via a, a tablet or a phone, they, they might not want to look somebody in the eye and say what a problem is or, mm. you know, it's, it's it's very, very different. So that comes back to a lot of what we do with training, development, a lot of the faculty, the junior runner stuff, um, all of that contributes to the softer skills. So that's that's great. So explain that actually, faculty and junior runner, because I think they're both two really, really good initiatives. That yeah, so for the younger... Yep. generation gen z yeah got that right um once they come in they might sort of want to hide in their own role comfort zone 
mm. and familiarise themselves with the immediate team around them, but then not really be sure about what else goes on or what else is happening. So I suppose Jane always uses that word cohort, and she's mm. absolutely on the nose with the cohort of faculty with the younger generation coming through and it's to get to know other departments, what everybody else is busy with, what everybody else is doing, and they feed off each other and um, communicate together and they'd go off and do a project together. So how to make an improvement um, to the business, something that we're doing day to day from an outside sort of point of view or a different pair of eyes mm. that could find an easier way of doing something, which has been proven. Do you think, um, what have I been here, six and a half, coming up seven years? And the one thing I've always thought we as a company that has been really good at is is training, but also around, um, like you say, getting people to get more experience in other areas. So there's more holistic understanding of the business rather than I'm in sales and I have no idea what finance are doing or what um, you know the engineers are doing or, or whatever. And I've always felt that that actually is one of our sort of calling cards, if you like, yeah. that actually we are more about everyone getting an understanding of the whole rather than just, you know, the department, if you like. Definitely. I think the onboarding helps with the new starters. People that come in, they'll spend time with each team, each department, and that's scheduled and arranged before they've even walked through the door. Mm. So they know that that's going to happen, but that takes time and commitment from department heads and, yeah. you know, sort of, it is time consuming, but we, we invest heavily in that mm. um, to make it work yeah. and make them feel more comfortable and familiar with, with the bigger picture. This is Matt. Matt is a finance director and this is Matt's team. Day after day, they trudge through endless stacks of paperwork like mindless zombies. But luckily for Matt and his team, Things are about to get a lot better. Since Spectro has digitized their documents, there's no need for physical copies and duplicates to clutter up the office. And with a fleet of Spectrobots to take care of the mundane, Matt's team have changed the game. Don't waste the potential they've got. Get them a robot with Spectrum. Tomorrow's workplace today. So let's, I want to go back to um, how things have changed in terms of you, you say it's become an employee. I guess right, employees market, mm -hmm. and I completely agree with you. What? Why do you think that is? Because I, I remember not that long ago it was very much an employer's market, and people were banging down the door to get a job. It's not. It's not like that anymore, is it? No, because we've got we've got people that can earn a pretty good salary sat at home in the pjs um on the laptop not really needing to get in a car or drive to an office she's talking about you neil, can, neil. <laughs> sorry to look at him <laughs> i looked at neil and said that we have people that earn a pretty good salary in the pjs <laughs> yeah as i said not the most you know politically correct hr person but yeah you do that yeah fair. It definitely changed <laughs> pre-pandemic i was doing forty thousand miles a year and mm -hmm. after that i'm probably I do five probably coming back as far as to the office but yeah. I'm now selling nationally and it's all via Teams and from my back bedroom although it is set up as a proper office it's uh, yeah it's uh, I mean my PJs maybe in my shots <laughs> you know the whole weather <laughs> <man> <laughs> <thing> <laughs> or whatever news presenter shout and tie up with shots 
<laughs> so do you think that's what's opened it up then? The world, the fact that people can work nationally, globally in the back office nowadays yeah. and not have yeah, to go Yeah, definitely. To I think we were pretty much fast-tracked into this road of where we're all told we'll be working at home mm. and we didn't have a choice. And it was pretty much suck it up and deal with it. Mm. Um, make sure you've got the right equipment, that you're kitted out, you've got everything that you need. We were doing home worker assessments, additional health and safety, looking after everybody. Yeah. But, but now I think when I say it's an employee's market, if we're trying to cast the net wider, you know, mm. further afield or to look for, for new talent, um, we're up against other businesses not so far away um, from where we're located. And it's a constant review of salaries, benefits, looking at benchmarking to make mm. sure we're not a million miles away, that we're on par or, or we're striving for this employer of choice um, that we've, we can, we are who we want to be. We yeah. want to stay that and want to keep this banner off. It's affected nearly every department because historically, maybe a central services function like um, like HR, like IT, like finance would have been at an office, mm. and salesman, I guess, has been regional salesman on the road. I think that that transition's been probably easy, but then for some of the central functions, you still get. I mean, I. I we talk to finance uh, directors all the time and half his team are now working from home two or three days a week because it fits with their lifestyle and childcare <coughs> and other bits and pieces. So they're processing invoices from home and it's like previously that would have been unheard of. They would have yeah. had to be in the office. So it has affected not just obviously our department, it's affected every department. And like you say, it's, it's like having those conversations. I bet, yeah, nine times out of ten they're asking about working from home policies and uh, yeah. all that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Because you mentioned salary there. Is that... When we're looking to re recruit people in a tough market, is salary the number one requirement people are talking about or is it a broader For the younger generation it is. Is it? Yeah. Right. For the younger generation, salary is a big deal. Yeah. And there's no problem in sharing it neither. They all mm. want to talk about it and, and share it. It's it's a common thing. Whereas me and you, we might not be, bo be bothered. No. Or, or want to, you know, mm. not really discuss it. But the younger generation, it's a big deal. And it's the first think... thing that they... They ask about. Sorry. Do you, because um, the, the couple of things I, I want to ask is one, um, uh, well, actually, first thing I want to say is that I, I saw something on LinkedIn last week or might have been over the weekend where it was um, for a, a new financial controller and they wanted, so they were straight out of university, so no business experience per se, no experience of going through like audits, things like that, and they wanted to kick off a kickoff salary of 65 grand. And the comments that I saw down below were, were along the lines of, well, actually, for £65,000, I'd like you to have all of this experience mm. and you can't have it because you're only just out of university type scenario. And they, you know, and it was like, well, all right, well, I'll go and find someone else that will pay me £65,000. Sure. Part of me thinks that, again, you look at what a university does, they get... They're trying to get people on a course and they get paid to get bums on seats to get on a course. So I'll be intrigued to see how, what they tell them <laughs> to get yeah, them on the course. Sure. Oh, yeah, by the time you've done this course, you'll be able to get X in the marketplace. And we see, and again, they might skew that towards London and then yeah. forget that there's, yeah. there's oh, yeah, yeah. the world outside. You'll get yeah. 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 But the other, the other thing, Sally, that I wanted to, to ask was, so when we're putting roles out there, What's the sort of level of 
uptake, if you like, of people wanting, you know, because every one of my clients that I'm talking to around recruitment, they're all saying, you know, they can't, they just can't find people, can't get hold of them, you know, and some of them, you know, might be looking for like 20 technicians or whatever. And, you know, some are now being innovative and going, do you know what, I'm going to look further afield and offshore and see if I can sponsor people to come in and, and, and help because they might have the skills, but they might be in a, you know, they might be in another part of the world that actually they want to come over to the UK, etc. But, and that's because there isn't the, you know, the, the, the UK or British feet on the, on the soil that are, are there looking for a job. Yeah, it's peaks and troughs. It, you could have a, a mass influx of applicants over like a bank holiday weekend and then you might, I don't know, you might get, say, 30 mm. new applicants. You think, oh, and then nothing for two or three weeks. And it goes really quiet and you think, oh. And then you start to review stuff and look at it and then that's when I start speaking to the recruiting manager to say, Cash net wider. Would you look at a grad? Would you look at an apprentice? Would you look? What's the flexibility around that? With the in-house resource and support that we've got, you know, how much? How much are they willing to adapt mm. or adjust or tweak it slightly? As a recruiting manager, it's about being flexible, isn't it? It's, yeah. If you if you can't get somebody with five years' experience, can you get someone with two years and develop yeah. them, or a grad and develop them? It's taking those compromises, I guess. It is, and some. Recruiting managers are more proactive than others when it comes to contacts. Um, you know, LinkedIn's been a great tool um, for us as well, um, in addition to the, the website and the socials and stuff that, that come out from here. Um, the employer referrals, we've, we've got some corkers from mm. the employer referral scheme, which which works. Yeah, People just need a little nudge and a reminder yeah. that it's still there. But But that's worked. I think, yeah, tapping into networks. There's, what, 60 people in this business mm. and every one of them knows other people that work in businesses. That I think that's access to a huge pool of talent if you can use it well, mm. which we're starting to do. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, I, I want to talk about culture and, I guess, HR's involvement in culture. So how important is culture from an HR perspective? And it's the most important thing. Okay, why do you say that? Cult- because... Because this culture could be like Marmite. Mm. It'd be the love it or hate it. It'd either be for you or not for you. But how do you know until you've walked in mm. through the door to, to see or sample it? So the environment, the culture, the people all contribute towards that. And yeah. every day is different. So sales, when it's the beginning of the month, it's all eyes down on bingo and it's quiet. You could cut the atmosphere with a knife because it's tense mm. or it's busy. So it, it varies. Yeah. But with the different personalities that we've got working in here, they all bring something different. Um, sometimes it's relaxed, sometimes it's very, very busy, high pressured, and weirdly we've all sort of adjusted and adapted to that and we, mm. we roll with it. That's not everybody's cup of tea. So I think more recently for the, particularly some of the support vacancies, we've we've been doing like trials, you know, half day trials or somebody to come in and and see us um, and just look around and listen and ask questions and listen to the the calls, talk to a few of the engineers, talk to a couple of customers and just get a bit of a feel for it. Mm. Um, and they might say, no, you're all right. That's not for me. Yeah. That's not for me. Whereas others are like, love it. Can't wait to get there. Is that a new thing, Sally? Because I, when I left college, um, 
I, I was offered an apprenticeship, but never I didn't have a clue what the apprenticeship was about. It was printing. I was like, all right. And they said, well, come in for a day. And, uh, you know, obviously, very long time ago, Steve, thanks for that. <laughs> but it, it, I found it really, you know, really helpful because I got a bit of a feel for the place like we're doing now. Mm. And is that something that you suggest to the potential, uh, you know, employees? Yeah. Just to say, just come in for a taster yeah. and... Come and see us. And what's there generally? What do you get most people saying yes? The cat works. They think, well, they're not committed then. Mm. They've not signed anything. They've not bitten off. More than they can chew, they don't yeah. feel worried. It's just a visit. I think you know, it's brilliant. I, I think that, that some of them have their mums waiting in the car park, and I'm saying, get your mum in for a brew. Don't leave her sat outside. Yeah. Invite her in because to to the younger, I've now rattled on about generations a lot, but the to parents that have got kids that are just finishing mm. A levels or going to college or uni, and they can't decide if they want a job or it's a big deal. They need to know where they're going. So yeah, and try, trying to be inclusive. We've got nothing to hide. Mm. It's all very upfront and this is us. And you either love it or you won't. Yeah. Um, the trial thing, I think, just opens the door a bit. And... I remember my trial. Lee went, Lee went, Lee went, oh, just, just go out with the agent. It'll be all right. You just go out with the agent. It was snowing. And I, <laughs> and I was like, what are we doing there, Dean? He was like, all right. I hope you got a big, like, thick jacket. What? And we just went on one of the industrial states and just straight in at the deep end, just knocking on doors. And to be fair, my ego took a bit of a bruising, but <laughs> you're right. I'm nearly, I'm still here. I'm nearly 10 years in and it's, uh, yeah, it was good because I, I learned by doing, most people do to be yeah. fair. So just throw it in, see, see, see how you sink or swim to a certain degree. But yeah, um, yeah I remember that quite vividly. <laughs> and, and again, it was probably the hardest day and actually it got, a lot better and a lot easier from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the culture has definitely changed. Um, there was a big shift when we moved premises because it was a very 90s office into a big fancy open plan mm. that changed, mm. that opened it out. It opened it out. Again, there's a bit more of a draw. It's a lot more visible where we are as a, as a company, as a brand as well, just getting that out there. And, and I think we are actively trying to re-educate our customers and the marketplace so we're not just a copy of business it's like we've been here for a long time mm -hmm. but yeah if we embrace technology manage technology services and especially what we're doing with the digital stuff it's a lot more and yeah when you're trying to attract young talent that are a bit more sort of technology led as you say they're more or less born with an iphone in their hand now it's kind of uh, yeah the, the, and that's changed the way people communicate 100% yeah so especially with the pandemic thrown in people are thinking, wow, I'd just rather stop at home yes. and not need to go in there. And I'm saying, come and see us, yes. come and see us. And it makes all the difference. It does. How have you, because I think you've influenced culture since you've been here, I mean, I've been here 18 months, but I guess how have you done that? What have you done to try and to, to influence culture of the organisation? in a good way. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. hugely. Yeah. Um, I think it's, well, I think I've, I've got no, what's that thing that Rob said to me? Is it seek? Seek forgiveness. Seek forgiveness oh, okay. rather than ask permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I've done. Okay. So yeah. I've just I've just gone in doing what I think needs to be done. And mm. I've sort of told them about it after. Mm. Um which hasn't been easy, but I think if you're upfront and honest and you can have sometimes difficult conversations with people where you've nothing to hide. Um, and I think a lot of it is around engagement and the, the cross-working of 
departments to build up a, a bit of mutual respect and understanding. Having said that, I'm thinking of you being thrown off the edge of a boat last yeah. Monday. So this time last week, Neil was getting thrown off the side of a um, 40-foot category yeah, yeah. into the River Humber. He was the only person from sales there. Mm. So he had support and like all the PS going, right, this needs to be you. You're going to volunteer to do the man overboard. And he was like, all right. But they all loved it because they were like, oh. Did you actually go in? He's heading for the water. Yeah, they, they were trying to dunk me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I was about that far off. But it was, uh, but, the Humber was surprisingly was a bit warmer than I thought it would be. <laughs> it's yeah. the fact that it took on for the team and yeah. all yeah. the, you know, the support engineers thought it was great. Mm. Still, okay. He's in there. He's in there. But I think that helps break down barriers yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know. If I have done that, then that's great. Yeah. Thank you. It's stuff like, Ice cream van's turning up on a Friday afternoon that you've organised. It's those little, the little things, little isn't it? things, it's the little add-ons. Yeah, yeah. pizza ovens. Yeah, and um, yeah. well, it's it was like the the health scheme. I was just about the to cash say, plan yeah, and absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, mm. where people get stuff back. The physio yeah, coming in. Yeah, um, for mm. the engineers, they thought that was amazing. They all loved it. Mm. Um, it's not always easy to get the board to agree to this stuff, but I usually sort of say, "I've done this. What do you think?" Mm. It's like, yeah, I'll just get on with it, get on with it. So yeah. I do. Good, and it's made it's made a massive impact. I think there's a big transition between sort of um, when you're moving from a smaller company and actually having someone like yourself in a full time role as a HR, because HR is one where it generally gets passed to someone and they're wearing multiple hats, and it's like, oh yeah, you'll do a bit of HR and. And just having someone to talk to, actually, yeah, having your door open and being able to come in and yeah, yeah. get things off your off your off your chest or yeah, what what's on your mind. And I know I've come to you and asked for about certain courses, and I'm well into my personal development and mm-hmm. things like that. And we've you've, you've backed me on things like that, so that's that's always good because for me and we we did the insights thing last week, which I found was really good because again, different personality types, different colours. Me being very yellow, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a people person, yeah. but I. Yeah, I'm always yeah wanting to better myself and that type of thing, which the company's obviously back in and yeah, a better me. Ultimately, I'm better at my job. So it's, <clears throat> that's uh, something else the newbies see of when we've got people coming in. They see the bricks and the juggling balls and they go, "What's that?" Mm. And it just triggers that conversation for, I suppose, the culture again comes to the spectrum language yeah. that not everybody's familiar with, yeah. and they think, "Well, what's that?" I was going to say, though, for people that aren't familiar with insights, can you just give us a 10 second, 30 second, what, what is it? He's grabbed that air. Got little bricks there. Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a, a psychometric like tool, is that, is if you what? like. Yeah. That, um, that determines, it sort of looks under the bonnet a little bit as to how somebody functions, communicates, how yeah. somebody could come, come up again. Yeah. yeah. So different kind of characteristics of people. So I'm, well, I'm green and then blue. Then these two get off, probably that and that, I think, in terms of preference. So, your, what's that's, you? That's, I'm, Is your shiny, happy yellow last? Uh, probably, yeah. I'm, <gasps> I'm secretly miserable. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. So, funnily enough, in sales, you know, people person. Yeah, bright yellow. Yeah. The others, are, yeah. The others. I thought you would have been red, actually, at the top. Really? Like yeah. I thought you would have been red because you're like bosh bosh bosh. I actually no think, messing. I think I'm more like that. I don't know. I, was, I, I don't I know. Surprised. I get it done. I'm That's yellow. Gre- I'm yellow green. Um, involve me. Show me. You care. Then be bright. Be yeah. Brief. Um, so you're that. Yeah. Is that really? Yeah. This is why me and the FD, I drive up the wall mm. because my um, attention to detail and my 
Excel spreadsheet formulas <laughs> are a disaster. See, <laughs> <laughs> so sunshine, yellow, positivity yeah. and energy and all, all that good stuff. Jazz hands in people's faces. Yeah, but this is what it's good for, isn't it? it, it <laughs> you're able to kind of see things from different people's perspective because you can talk, it gives you a common language that you can talk around. Yeah, yeah. and business is a team spot then that you need yeah. people in all different positions playing that, that counter counterbalance. Because um, I know... For example, when I'm selling with, with Richard or Josh or whatever, I need the technical sales because we're selling quite a technical solution. And again, it has to connect to different systems. So asking me any of that, it just goes straight on my head. So I need to bring in the, the, the relevant people that obviously know, know those bits but and can speak their language. Because if you put two yeah. techies in a room, literally go straight on my head, but they're, they're talking a specific language. Mm. Um, and you need that level of detail. Good stuff. That's running again very soon. By the way, is it September? Yeah. Am I in that? No, but a lot right. of your team are. Yeah, right. Okay. I'll be that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do, do, do away with the others. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, well, that's to be that that day when they're all in the training. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I want to talk about was um, difficult conversations, actually, because part of HR and people, one of the things that you have to do, whether you like it or not, I guess, is is having difficult conversations with people. So. I guess it'd be good just to get your view and maybe advice or given that you've, you've had to do that in your career. Yeah. How do you prepare for it? You if don't. You, you don't? You know that it's coming and you mm. know that that difficult conversation's brewing, whatever that might look like. But I think because you do care, mm. um, it, it is, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Mm. Um, and you think about it for weeks afterwards um, so if somebody, I'm just thinking, when somebody decided they wanted a complete career change, they didn't want to work in like digital anymore, mm. and they wanted to go and be a car mechanic, mm. there was like the, I suppose the after care after that initial hard conversation. I suppose it's just you, you've got to ask people, you know, if, if they want to, if they want to be here, and mm. what their end goal is, and what where they want to be in five years and some people say well yeah this this isn't for me mm. um or other difficult conversations around when business needs change um and that is tough it's really hard but i think you have to be very transparent and honest and upfront which has been my only motto mm. i never hold back or hide anything or say anything that isn't right yeah um and I think that's key. But the aftercare bit for me with the follow-up and using, you know, customers, contacts to support and, and help afterwards, I think, are, are massive. Because mm. um, they're all people. They're all bringing everything in to work with them. Everybody's got different situations, different circumstances. Don't envy you at all <laughs> with that part of your job. But taking it back to early on in the thing and the whole generation xyz one two three whatever they are um do you find it different yeah depending on the generation that you're having those conversations with yeah like sometimes i think they're gonna dread me like gonna see them because they'll think oh my god she's here with her crazy yellow personality in my face and they just want to talk to a screen or a computer I'm thinking some of your guys <laughs> but um, slowly but surely it's about building up a bit of a mutual trust um, 
and then I can I can adapt easier, I suppose, to mm. to get on that level for how they want to communicate, or I can enjoy an uncomfortable silence and wait for them to speak because um, I know they've come to see me for a reason. Mm. So I'll just let them talk and I'll just shut up for a bit and listen. One one of the terms that we we touched on before the podcast, which I'd never heard of until this morning, was the idea of quiet quitting, quiet which quitting. which apparently is the idea that people kind of sometimes quit in the head before they actually quit in real life and yeah. then they just, you know, turn off from work essentially. Yeah, so that... you can sometimes spot it mm. before somebody's resigned or if they become very disengaged or uninterested or just not bothered, even through levels of sickness. You know, if somebody's not coming in, if they've always mm. been an office bod and then all of a sudden they're opting to work from home, it's a you can usually spot it. When somebody has become disengaged and, and gone down that road. Mm. Um, and then you have a conversation. Are you all right? And sometimes it's not. Um, sometimes they might be looking for other, you know, other opportunities and not wanting to tell you. But mm. um, I just think we just try and sort of help them through that, really. I think um, the, the quite quitting one, again, there's been a bit of a shift in people's mindset from from a point of view of, is work the be all and end all and is there more to life and some people have, have shifted completely because they might have gone into that fully corporate ladder and they've tried to work 60, 70, 80 hours or whatever and they're mm. really trying to progress their career and then all of a sudden they're going, what am I doing? Am I valued? Am I, is it is it worth it? And they've started to pursue a hobby or they've done something else and I think the other thing that makes it a bit harder is, is, is again, working from home. If, if you haven't got good management structure in place or if that individual isn't potentially suited to that or self-motivated, they can drift and mm. become disillusioned. And, and if they're left to their own devices, they, they meander and, and go it's off good, in a different place. It's a good point because you, you do pick up on stuff when people are in the office. It's probably more, well, it is more difficult to do when people are working from home. How do you spot people that are not necessarily engaged or have switched off? Yeah. Again, I think levels of absence that you mm. could spot where they think, mm, oh, they've just come back from a holiday and then they're off, or that's where the slippery slope of being disengaged mm. yeah, strikes, trends. I yeah. think, where the, the heart's not in it. Mm. Um, or it could be something simple like, you know, team dynamics, something might have changed. There might be a, a personality clash, which happens mm. every day. Mm. Um, and it's just about overcoming that. But through things like this, with the training, the culture, the language... Um, chucking Neil off a boat <laughs> on the Humber. See, I didn't know I would to have done it. It all, it all helps. I didn't realise it had that effect. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> they were all, all buzzing downstairs. Was I? Yeah. And got to dunk Neil in the Humber. They were all mega chuffed. <laughs> it was Neil at Cox. Oh, we, we threw him in. We threw the salesman <laughs> in. quite funny. Yeah. I was like, yes. So one of the questions I always ask everybody, which I forgot to tell you this, is um, it's called Tomorrow's Workplace today. So I always think cast your mind forward 10 years what do you think work is going to look like different to today are there any things that you think will change significantly over the next 10 years from a HR perspective crikey crikey mm. <laughs> that was the one you wanted to make on. <laughs> he's going to replace me with a robot isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be managing loads of robots as yeah. well as people yeah um, I've been a guinea pig as well for your team you for the whole digital robot yeah um, there'll be a lot more automation a lot mm. of the process will be slicker, easier, 
less jumping through loopholes mm. with, and I'm, I'm, I want to see that. However, I think the role of the person with the coaching, the counselling, the additional bit, a robot can't do that. Mm. Um, and the the engagement with some of the conversations that I have, I'm not even going to go into detail, but it'll blow your mind. Mm. The things that, you know, when I say look under the bonnet, um, some of that will remain, but I think I think there'll be definitely more hybrid. When I spoke to the beginning about generations, part of that hybrid flexibility aspect needed to be trained to some of the older generation that mm. drive to the office nine to five and they've got the routine of what that looks like. And this hybrid flexibility bit blew their mind because they were thinking, well, where is everybody? Mm. Why is the office dead? Nothing's happening. Why are people working? They are, but it looks different. So in 10 years from now, it'll be even more more different. So physically. Picking up on the uh, the technology and more and more is going to become automated, mm -hmm. whether it be bots or whatever. Do you see your role, not your specific, but the HR role and, or the head of people, director of people, do you see that role being more a coaching counselling role because in essence all the admin bits that will take a proportion of your time or in the main have gone and it's more about actually maybe spending more time on the various floors of a, of a building yeah just going in and say i'm just gonna sit with you today jv and you know how's it going type thing is that where you see it might go more that's where this is going mm. <laughs> you don't know that yet but that's where we're heading right we're heading towards that with the automation and the admin bits yeah. and everything more or less being taken care of. Um, and then the coaching bit where I'd get regular slots with everybody and the time's scheduled and it's organised. Um, so instead of just like the, the VIPs or the appraisals for development and progression, there's like a coaching aspect there as well, which is where we are heading, gents. And, and I think I think that's good. I think that's good from... Yeah. Uh, older generation down to you know the, the the younger everyone can learn something and you know i've never been too you know in my interview because i was changing from a completely different career to, to come to work here it was like you know well what's your view on you know it wasn't an ageist question at all but it was it was sort of are you open to learning and i was like yeah i don't profess to be you know you know an expert or like you know ace at doing x y or z if someone can help me to improve and become better and more efficient and whatever more profitable then i'm all is so i think that's great that it's coming because i think that's where technology will allow the people side of things be it you know in hr or training but also running a, a, a division to actually then spend more time understanding what what the you know the the people in in that team or that organization are, are doing yeah yeah definitely yeah i think I'd like to run um, like set scheduled recruitment events, not just for one vacancy where we've got somebody coming in for half a day. I'd like to do it across all departments. So mm. if there's a, a vacancy in sales, finance, support, wherever, we could say we're going to run a recruitment session on Wednesday or whatever. Come and see us. Um, a bit more integration and a bit more of a this is us. But I'd like to get to that with the, the numbers of these additional pools that we're tapping into now. Yeah. So instead of there just being a sales campus, I want there to be a campus for support or a, a campus for finance and, and to keep it 
yeah. keep it evolving. Brilliant. Thank you much for joining us today, Sally. We really, Thank really appreciate you. Thank help. you for having me. Brilliant, thanks.